Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Good morning. Good morning. We're back in full effect. Yes, thanks. I mean, we were back last week, but now we're like, here we are. Yep. The week later. Yep. Instead of two. I hope you don't get tired of us. I know. Or maybe you missed us and you're like, yay. <laughs> well, we had some new additions to our Patreon last time. So I think people missed yeah. us and wanted more. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I will say that it always surprises me when we get another Patreon because I really, much like when we started this podcast and I thought it will just be our five friends and few family members that are listening to us and we have way more than that. And I'm like, who's going to pay for more content? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, there's like 30 of you that right now are paying for more content. And we have so much fun over there. Speaking of, September Mm -hmm. is coming. Yes, yes. And you guys are gearing up just like we are for Serial Killer September on this feed. Mm -hmm. But on the Patreon, we are doing something special and we are doing Survivor Stories September, which is a real good palate cleanse from these serial killers. And we love it. Yeah, yeah. And there's going to be two Survivor Stories in September. So you'll get two crimes. Now's the time. That's what we're saying. Now's the time mm-hmm. to come hang out and see what we're about over there. Just try it for a month and see if you like it. September's the month. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because typically we do like some sort of, we call them silly episodes, but that will be us um, talking about whatever show we're watching or podcast we're listening to or product we're using or whatever. We just kind of like banter. And then we always do a crime. As the second one. But this time, no silly one. Two survivor stories. Yes. And I was going to say, kind of like Dippolito, except they're not. They're different. They're badass survivor stories. Yeah. The Dippolito case was a survivor story, but like, not really badass in terms of the survivor. Like, he was fine. But <laughs> these survivors were badass survivors. Oh, yeah. They are definitely warriors for sure. Yeah, And it was great to research those cases that are a little outside the mm-hmm. norm. And you guys are going to like them. They're really good. Yeah. We're and actually excited. yours, you had picked yours, right? Well, your sister gave you yeah. one, but you had it on your radar. And then the one that I did was uh, actually one of our listeners who is also a Patreon or patron, yeah. I should say. So it's so. just a month away and we're pretty mm-hmm. excited about it. And maybe we'll make it a yearly thing. We'll see. We'll see how you guys like it. Maybe it'll just be like our September thing. September. I don't know why September became a huge month for us, but it did. Well, I think it was like first year of doing it. We're like, let's do a gimmick. Yeah. (laughs) And then we did Serial Killer September, and now we're like stuck with it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) People ask us all the time why we don't like serial killers. Like, just research it. (laughs) You'll know. (laughs) Yeah. If we had to do that for... Even once a month for one case, it would be way too much. Even every other month. You know, it's true. And I think, and I think we've told you this before too, but I was definitely telling Wes this because he was asking me like why we didn't like serial killers. And I get it. I get why people are fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. I love psychology of stuff like that. And it is fascinating how psychologically a person could be that way. But in our cases, we talk about the victims, We don't typically Mm -hmm. hone in on who the murderer was or the person that committed the crime. And when you talk about a serial killer, that's who you're talking about. You're talking about the killer. And it's just, we just don't like to do it. Like, it's just a gross, glorifying 
thing that makes them, I don't know, like a spectacle. And I just hate that. Yeah. And you're just, you're, you are talking about victims, but you're just talking about how many people this guy killed. Mm -hmm. or Usually it's a guy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or this one. Yeah. Right. One murderer. But it's just like, you have to talk about them and their life and what made them like that, which is fascinating. It is. It's just not what we do. (laughs) We don't like to do that. Don't want to do it more than once. Yeah. (laughs) So we have a lot. We have a big list. You guys have suggested serial killers. So stay tuned to see if any of yours make it to our list this month. I know because we can't even fit them all. Yeah. No, there's a lot. I think we have like six or something. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. But now (sighs) it's August. It is. It's August 1st. And I, (gasps) while you are listening, guys, I'm in Hawaii. Right now. So you think of me, close your eyes and pretend you're on a beach or zip lining somewhere in Hawaii. <laughs> I can't even tell you because I've never been there. I don't know. Anything. <laughs> or, or I might be driving the road to Hana. Oh, I don't even know if we're doing that. I've heard we're not it's even so sure. magical. I have heard. So we have heard split down the middle, like either do it or don't. But our biggest thing is. Um, it's very windy and we have three kids mm-hmm. and we don't know how they'll handle it. Mm. Especially when our oldest just told us recently that he gets car sick. Oh no. So I don't know that he would handle it very well, but I feel like you stop often enough at little things off the side to see and experience. Oh, that's what we've been told. That's neat. Like one um, person told us to, um, download this app that not only, like tells you like conditions and stuff like that. Cause people talk about that. You have to be aware of the road conditions, but this will be like, Oh, the best pineapple stand is right around this curve. You should stop and go get a pineapple. Oh or my gosh. That sounds best, so yeah. cute. A little yeah, pineapple so, stand. I want to go. Exactly. See, I want to do it. I want to do it, but it's going to be, do we do it on our own or do we do it the kids or do we not do it at all? Right. I don't know. I think it's just, I, I have no idea. I'd like, I would like to do it. You'll have to tell us later what you did end up doing. I mean, I will know. Your phone works there, right? It works, right? Okay. (laughs) That's going to be a problem for me. (laughs) I am still in the United States, not the continental US. I don't know. I'm just, I'm doing great. Okay. (laughs) Just making sure. (laughs) Way different, way different timing though. I'm like five hours or no, for you, I'll be six hours. Oh, earlier oh okay so i'm gonna get text messages at like two in the morning or something (laughs) probably yeah probably because that's when i'll be like having my glass of wine or whatever you know and you'll be having coffee while i'm sleeping (laughs) or tea while i'm sleeping (laughs) okay i'll try not to send you my wordle (laughs) too early (laughs) oh my phone does not alert me so (laughs) you can send it anytime (laughs) okay (laughs) anyway um, so yeah, so that's where I am right now, guys. So think of me while you're listening to this. <laughs> I'm thinking of you. Are you ready to hear this? I'm ready. Story? Yes. It's a good one. I know. It's a good one. So get ready. Okay. Cheers to you. Cheers to Hawaii. <laughs> cheers. Here we go. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this one. Are you sure? I. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord, you better tell me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, well. I do want to start by saying that we were lucky enough to have some interaction with the mother of one of today's victims. Okay. And she was super helpful with correcting some information that I had gotten wrong Mm -hmm. from news articles and with just additional stuff that did not make it to those news articles or to the general public. That is amazing. So, yes. So, thank you so much, Gail, for helping us out, and we hope that we do this justice for you. Is Gail mom? Gail is mom. Nice. Yes. Was this suggested? Yes, probably, right? It was suggested, thank you for reminding me, because I almost forgot to do that, by Kaylee. Okay. On Facebook. Okay. Yes. So thank you, Kaylee. This is exciting. It was a good, not, I mean, I always hate that. It was a good case. It was a good case to cover. Glad we got to talk to um, one of the moms and get some, you know, clarification on things so oh anyway God. thank I'm you feeling Kayla. all nervous now okay i'm kind of nervous too so okay all right i'm also staying close to home this week so we're just going to kansas city kansas okay not missouri that's about three and a not missouri see that's like the thing <laughs> there's kansas city missouri and kansas city kansas which is essentially a pretty much the same thing it's just you cross the border and you're now in kansas. it's just that's lazy like name it something yeah. else, especially if you're neighbors. Yeah, I, you know, I should look into like the history. Like, when did that start? Like, when did Kansas City become Kansas City? And like, why did it? Did they then cut down and and divide the states? Oh, maybe. And then it was a city divided, and then Missouri was just like, I don't know. Mm, Is that possible? Leave it. <laughs> Why are you saying Missouri did it? Because you know Kansas City named it Kansas City first. I mean, Kansas named it Kansas oh. City first. It wouldn't make any sense otherwise. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay, anyway. So it's about three and a half hours from here. Have not been, well, I mean, feel like I've driven through, but have not gone to visit, which I really want to because people talk about it. But anyways, this is where Sarah DeLeon lives. She's an 18-year-old who attended Sumner Academy with her best friend, Alice, but ultimately graduated from Washington High School in Kansas City. So she went, I don't know how long, but she went for a couple of few years to one high school and then moved over to another. She was the second of three children for her parents, and her mom is Gail. So this Gail is Sarah's mom. That's who we spoke with. Everyone in Sarah's life would describe her as pretty, smart, always smiling, and loves to travel. Some even would say that she's a trendsetter. She did what she wanted, and she didn't care what people thought, and everyone just loved that about her and just wanted to be like her in that aspect. I wouldn't love I, that, mean, too. Yeah, I, w- I want to, because there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I totally care what people think, and I shouldn't. Shouldn't. Yeah. should be like, no. It's normal. We me. all do that. 
Yeah, I know. Her mother said that she never gave her any trouble and she just never really worried about her. She was just a good, all-around good kid. So, In December of 1989, Sarah had just finished her first semester of community college. She had aspirations of being in the travel industry at some point because of how much she loved to travel. Mm -hmm. She had a boyfriend, Matt Uland, and they had been dating for about six months. On December 28th, 1989, Sarah and Matt went out out on a date. They went to dinner and spent some time out by the airport near the end of the runway, which seems like a really cool thing to do. Like you, you know, just kind of laying there watching the like airplanes go overhead. I've never done it. My husband and I used to do that at this little small airport where we lived, not here, but Uh, we used to do it and it's very romantic. Yeah, that's what it seems like. There's there's a small airport down here. I feel like that would be fun to go do, like, sometime. Mm-hmm. Right? Even with I've your kids. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be cool. I bet you I bet you mine would like that. So around 1.30 a.m., Sarah left Matt's house to head home. The following morning, around 10 a.m., a train conductor comes across the body of a young woman by a pillar near some ran- railroad tracks. The woman was later identified to be Sarah DeLeon. Oh, no. A train she track? She left. Yeah, right near the train track. So it was like there was a pillar because I feel like there was probably like a highway like overhead. So there was this like concrete pillar and she was found behind it and just like feet away, maybe 15, 20 feet away was train tracks. Okay. And like 15, 20 feet to the other side was the road. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So... So she leaves at one thirty in the a.m. and at 10 a.m. she's found. So this is a, you know, pretty quick, whatever happened, happened fairly quickly, okay. it seems like to me. She had been stabbed multiple times. Some reports say around 22 times. Many stab wounds were to her, to the left neck area and some to her chest and her back. The back wounds would later be determined to be done post-mortem. She also had a stab wound to her heart, which they said would have killed her within 10 minutes. So this seemed to be quite a brutal Mm -hmm. killing, which indicated that, like, this is like someone really wanted to make sure that she died. Because that stab wound to the heart would have killed her. But they were like, we need to make sure that this is so So that means it was overkill and they probably Mm -hmm. knew her. Yes, most likely. Also stabbing. I really hate stabbing as a method of murder. It's just so personal. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I, I clearly I I don't like any method of killing. Right. People should not kill each other. But that just seems yes. You're like literally just like standing over someone, you know. So close to them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway. She had no defensive wounds at all, which indicated that she may have been caught off guarded, off guarded, mm. off, off guard when attacked, or she knew the person and wasn't expecting it. Like oh, you said, poor Sarah. Sarah was found. Sarah's car was found ten miles away, abandoned underneath an interstate overpass. Odd. Okay. She had clearly, yeah, she had clearly gotten off the exit and had pulled over for some reason. It was unclear at the time why she would have done this. There was what appeared to be a bumper rub on her rear bumper, and it looked as though she had been hit from behind, and she possibly, like, pulled over because of that. And they, 
this theory came out because at that time there was a lot of bump and robs occurring. So they just, that theory was thrown out at that time because. Well, she wasn't well, robbed. I mean, she was murdered. It's bump and rob, yes, not bump she was, and murdered. And, right. And that was like clearly a different version of, of things that had been happening. People would just bump them, rob them, and leave. So what happened that caused them to kill her if this is one of those mm-hmm. bump and robs? So anyway, so basically, I don't know if everybody knows what a bump and rob is, but bas- you probably do based on what we said. But you hit you from behind, you pull over, and then they rob you and they leave. Sarah was aware this was happening and had been warned about it. Friends and family said that she would have never gotten out of her car unless she knew that the person or Mm -hmm. was familiar with the person that had pulled her over. But at the same time, the family is also saying, well, we also don't know anybody that she knows that would want to kill her or hurt her in any way. So it's just a very crazy scenario in general. There was no blood inside or near her car, which is strange. And if this was a bump and rob, they left a perfectly good car sitting there. Right. If they wanted. Yeah. Um, Also, as we said, it was rare for them to end in murder. So, and here's a little bit of information that I didn't know based on articles. Gail told us this, that her purse, her eyeglasses, and one shoe were missing and never found. So that's a little. Huh. Go ahead. Well, so she was either taken from her car and put in another Mm -hmm. car. And then killed. And then put Mm -hmm. by the train tracks. Or somebody put her car there after the fact. Right. Those are two very good scenarios. I don't know for sure, but I want to say maybe she was supposed to get off of that exit. But I don't know that for sure. Okay. So, anyway. Hmm. But yes, two two good theories. Okay. So, as I mentioned earlier, she had multiple stab wounds. And blood in the area of where she was found. And she had dirt marks on her, which all indicated that she was dragged from somewhere. So there was blood all in that area, clearly underneath her, but dirt on her body. Okay. So if you just like carried her and dropped her, you wouldn't have dirt on her body. Right. Okay. I mean, yes, where you laid, but it was evident that she was dragged. Police believe that she was abducted from her vehicle and killed elsewhere and then brought to the train tracks to be left to die. Okay. Many pe- people said that this area was known, um, a known party ground for teens. Like it was kind of not patrolled by police that much, out of the way, and so they could just party all they wanted there. Mm-hmm. So this was a known kind of desolate area. So it's assumed that this spot was picked as a dumping ground for Sarah because of these same reasons. Mm. People probably wouldn't see them do it. Nobody would be there. Yada, yada. But they had to have known she would so have been found probably at some point. At some point, mm-hmm. yeah. Somebody was going to come across her. Who knows if they thought it would be that soon because mm-hmm. clearly it was hours later. But at some point, somebody would have come across her. So this person probably also knew this area pretty well mm. if they knew that too. Okay. So it's not a traveler. Right. So clearly, they look into Matt, because you go to the boyfriend or the husband first. But he had no real motive, and I believe has um, his parents as witnesses that he was home during the hours that this occurred. Like, she left, and he was home. So he's he's cleared pretty quickly. And they were at dinner together. They went to dinner. They did the – by the airport, they just hung out. So there was no indication that they had any issues. But he was the last person to see her, right? 
Okay. Right. Exactly. Yes. He left. She left his house at one thirty in the morning, and then she was found. Okay. At ten a.m. So, eight and a half hours later. They interview people and find that there is someone that they do need to question. This person's name is Carolyn Kuhn. Carolyn. That's my mom's name. I know it is. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm not going to like this, Carolyn. name isn't Kuhn. No. <laughs> is she a loony no. Kuhn? <laughs> oh, yeah. Somewhat. She was around the same age and had dated Matt prior to Sarah dating him. Oh, no. Yeah. She was somewhat jealous of the two and had apparently made that clear to Sarah at some point. Matt says that neither Carol nor Sarah had mentioned the other to him, so he didn't know that this was happening. Like, Sarah didn't say, hey, your ex-girlfriend's harassing me, and Carolyn wasn't mentioning Sarah, so he didn't know any of it was going on, Hmm. according to Matt. Someone had come forward saying that Carol had asked them to roofie Sarah's drink at a party so that she could cut her pretty hair off. Ooh. Yeah. Um, How strange is that? Like, that's psycho. creepy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I, I Also, Carol is Carolyn, right? Does she go by Carol, too? Yes, okay, I'm sorry. Gotcha. I'm Just sorry. to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. Everywhere she's referred to Carol, but I believe her full name is Carolyn. Got it. Okay. I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah so she does. Carol, she Carolyn, it's not need to be telling yeah. people she's going to cut people's hair. That is weird. No. I would never even think what? to do that to somebody that I didn't. Yeah, like. what does what sense does that make? I don't even understand it. Like whatever. Carol admits this to police too, and says that she just felt like cutting her hair off because she was upset. So, okay, no, okay, thanks for that explanation, but it's not an explanation. So, it's also known that this is not the first time Carol has sought revenge. And someone. One time she let the air out of, tire, of the tires of someone she was jealous of. And another time she was interested in someone else's boyfriend. And so she tricked that girl into coming to a party that really wasn't a party and lured her to a motel. And then there was no one there. And when they got there, they were her friend who was helping her just assume, oh, we just lured her to an empty hotel room and we're, you know, just going to leave. Ha ha, you thought your boyfriend was at a party. They're not, like, stupid prank. But then she asked her friend to help her, or to put gloves on. And her friend's like, why do we need gloves? Like, what are we going to do to this person? So at that point she was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a part of that. So she leaves and nothing happens to the girl, but. Except being lured to an empty well, hotel thank room. thank goodness. But it's weird. Right. I know. So clearly I think she was probably either going to beat her up and just didn't want to leave behind evidence or something. Or cut her know. hair. Carol. Carol. Or cut her hair. Carol. She does seem like the vengeful type to me. Yeah. But it's and n- also <laughs> it's not enough dark and weird. Yes. Yes. Which for me does prove, not prove, but lead to me thinking that she may have murdered someone. But... Really, is all of that enough to say, oh, she'll kill someone because she wants to cut someone's hair and lures somebody to a hotel room? I don't know. She does seem a little sus, as the kids And a say. little bit dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So. so anyway, due to lack of evidence and suspects, this case goes cold. Oh, Sarah's no. case. I know. So sad. So now I'm going to fast forward just a little bit, a few years and go across the river to Independence, Missouri. I thought you so were going to say Kansas City. 
We're going to go across the river to Kansas City. <laughs> Got it. Independence. Okay. No, we're going Independence. Um, in January of 1994, that's where we are now. Independence is about 13 miles from Kansas City, so we're not too far. This is where we'll meet Diana Alt. Okay. She is a beautiful mother of two and the wife of Tim Alt. She graduated from the University of Missouri with a business degree and had gotten her paralegal certification. She was working as a paralegal at the time, and Tim was working for the post office. Okay. On January 31st, 1994, which happened to be Super Bowl Sunday that year, Mm -hmm. police came across a car in a church parking lot that was still running. When they investigate it, they find out that the car belongs to Diana Alt. I'm just assuming they probably looked in the glove box and saw registration paperwork, whatever. It's pretty easy to figure that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. out. They head to Diana's house to find out what's going on. Like, why'd you leave your car running in the church parking lot? Or did you know it? Was it stolen? Well, stolen, whatever. Go over there, and they come across a four-year-old boy feeding his eight-month-old baby sister a bottle while their mother lies shot to death in their kitchen. What? In... Oh, no. Yes. Four years oh, old. No. Their father, Tim, had been working the night shift at the post office that night, and this is verified. According to articles and accounts from Diana's now adult son... Diana and the kids had been watching the Super Bowl with family that night. She left the game early, clearly, to get the kids home to bed because they're young. And she brought them inside and had gone back out to the car to grab some things like diaper bag or whatever. You know, as a mom, you have to bring in a million things from the car. As she was walking in from the living room toward the kitchen, her son heard a gunshot (sighs) and saw his mom just drop to the floor. He then remembers someone in a mask scooping him up and carrying him to his parents' bedroom and putting him in the closet. This person then took Diana's car and fled the scene and then dumped her car in the church parking lot. Her son remembers staying in there for a while and then coming out, like, I guess probably after a little bit, realizing, like, okay, what's going on? Maybe I can come out of the closet. It's real quiet. He remembers coming across his sister crawling towards their mother, and he stops her and scoops her up. He doesn't remember getting a bottle for her and taking care of her, but he is just told that's what he did when so that's what he was doing when someone that came and found them. Poor baby, both of them. I know, but it's him especially yes. with like that memory. Oh my! And he helped his sister. Oh. So sweet. So when police questioned him, because clearly we go to the husband, it is clear that he was at work and he had an alibi. He stated that they had a great marriage and he didn't know who would want to kill Diana. So when they speak to Diana's sister, they get a different story. Oh, though. No. She said that they had their issues and that Tim had been cheating on Diana. <gasps> In fact, a month. <laughs> I feel like I know something. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to scare you. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Hold on to it. I don't know if you know something. Hold on to it. Okay. Um, Uh, The month earlier, on Christmas Eve, Tim had left Diana for another woman who was a co-worker of his at the post office. Tim had decided to come back to Diana, and for weeks, Diana had been getting taunting phone calls from this woman. So he leaves her. I don't know how long. Clearly, it's not very long if they're back together and, you know, within a month span. But he leaves her, decides to come back, like, this isn't what I wanted, goes back to his family. But she's getting weird phone calls. Tim was again questioned about this, but again, he has an alibi and didn't seem like he wanted his wife dead, 
And the other woman was also questioned, too, but she said she was over 100 miles away at the time of the murder. So, y'all, you may want to hold on to your pants here, because maybe I'm about to tell you what you're thinking. (laughs) Or maybe you want to say what you're thinking. (laughs) The other woman is Carolyn Crazy Coon, Looney Coon, Carol Coon. It is, yes, in fact, the mistress was Carol Coon. Why does she like these men so much? I don't know. It seems like it seems like she goes for people. I mean, I don't know if she went for Matt initially in Sarah's case or if they had dated first. I don't know, whatever. But she did have a history of like wanting other people's men in other cases. But and so to harass women and even I know. hurt them. Like, right. He ain't worth I it. I know. I mean, I'm not saying no, these are bad no men. I'm sure they're great men, but like, they're not worth it. They're not worth people's no. lives or their for mental sure, health. Sure. Like, you're harassing them. Yeah, exactly. So, Carol had a good friend named Jamie from high school who, at the time of Sarah's murder, she had asked Carol, Did you do this to Sarah? Oh, my. And Carol denied it. But the fact that she, like, needed to ask her Mm -hmm. that is very telling. Like, there is zero chance that I would have a reason to ask you. Like, if your ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend was found murdered, I would never be like, Beth, did you do that? (laughs) I mean, as a joke, you might Like, there just wouldn't be a reason. Yeah, but not for real. Thinking, like, (laughs) oh, you went after her, didn't you? That's crazy. Because knowing you as a person, Mm -hmm. I would not. It wouldn't even enter my mind. So clearly she has a reason to. Jamie got a vibe. Yes. So Jamie, who was interviewed for a Dateline episode years ago, but this Dateline episode has been taken down since, which we find every now and then. Mm -hmm. And clearly there's reasons for that, but I don't know. Um, I did find it randomly on a website, so I got to watch it. Wasn't the greatest like um, version of it. You know, it's kind of whatever, pixelated, but I found it. In the interview, she states that the night before Diana is killed, Carol asked Jamie to call Diana and tell her that Tim was with her that night, insinuating that he was still having affairs. Like, call Diana, let her know that her husband's with you. Okay. That's weird. So she thinks that he's still... It is weird. It's And just mean. Just downright mean. So Jamie does this for Carol. Probably not the best decision that Jamie could have made, but she did. After Diana's murder, Carol spoke to Jamie and said, she's dead. And don't tell police about the phone call that I asked you to make. Because it would just look bad. Yes, it does. Well, do It looks really bad. It does look bad. Jamie said she told police about this right Good. away and that she was suspicious of Carol for this and also Sarah's murder years ago. So she tells the police that. Okay, good. So they tapped Jamie's phone and put a wire on her and wanted her to try and get, clearly, Carol to talk about this on the phone. They also tapped Tim's phone as well, but this ultimately led to nothing because they feel like maybe she knew they were fishing Mm -hmm. for stuff and was just being smart about it. So, unfortunately, as Sarah's case, Diana's case also goes cold. Yes, terrible. Let's fast forward. In January of 2014, oh, so it's that 20 years from, from um, Diana's death, 
A man named Jeff Cheek had the news on, and there was a memorial being held for both Sarah and Diana, which was being held by Sarah's brother, Matt, and Diana's son, Josh. Wait, together? A little boy. Yeah, they were holding a memorial together. Because at some point, they, like, these two families get together and realize, like, these cases are connected in some way, and we need to get justice together. So they kind of join forces. The only thing that connects them is Carol. So they knew. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. But, well, I mean, Jamie went to police, and clearly Carol's being questioned and stuff, so... And they really They're couldn't now like, find well, anything on her. She didn't own a gun. There was never a knife found. And Sarah's, like, nothing connecting her? Wow. Nothing. Nothing. So, Jeff Cheeks, this guy, pay, stops to pay attention and could not believe that this was still unsolved. He had been one of the first officers on the scene when they found Sarah. Mm-hmm. He had recognized her because they had gone to the same high school together. Hmm. He has since left the police force and decided he wanted to contact the family and offer his services as a private investigator to keep looking into Sarah's case. I love that. I love it when they do that. I know. These old retired cops. Love it. Right. And you know what? I don't actually think that he was even that old. Like, I think he's just left. I don't know if he retired. I think he just left the police force. But I could be wrong on that too. Anyway. Um, so he started checking into it and interviewing people again, and he took all the interview notes and the idea and also brought an idea to test, do DNA testing to the police, because clearly at the time, mm-hmm. they weren't really doing that. So, but let's do it now. But the police basically do nothing for years with everything Why? that he brings to them. I don't know, mm. because they're the police and they feel like they can just make that decision and ignore people. Mm. I don't know. So they finally send it out, though, in May of 2016, so a couple years later. And the police have a press conference and make a statement that they have identified a female suspect in the murder of Sarah DeLeon. Amazing. Okay. They, yes. They say that this person has a history of harassing romantic rivals and that they believe this person is also linked to the Diana Alt murder. Oh, yeah, Carol. So in October of 2016, 48-year-old Carolyn Kuhn Heckert now. Oh, she got married. Was arrested mm-hmm, for the first degree murder of Sarah DeLeon. Wow. 26 years after her So murder. her DNA was found on Sarah? Well, I don't know about that. Oh. But for what, like, after all, their next investigation they have identified. But I don't know if it's enough. But they, anyways, it's... It's very confusing, this case. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. She's gone on to live her life, though. Mm-hmm. She's gone to college, married her husband, Michael, which, by the way, works for the post office. Yeah. And has had two daughters, one a freshman at this time in high school and another is a first grader. Oh, oh that's a big gap. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's described as a successful, prominent real estate <sighs> agent and is living in Smithville, Missouri, which is about... 20 miles, like, from both murder scenes, I guess. Mm -hmm. She has apparently lived nearby the entire time, except for a short stint in 1995 to 96, where she lived in Arizona. Seeing all of the memorial services being held, because if she's local, she saw it on the news, too. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -hmm. It's gross. Mm -hmm. 
She's pleading not guilty, and her attorneys have said that there is nothing physically linking her to the crime. There was foreign DNA found that is not conclusively linking her. Oh. But it's not conclusively, like, saying it's not her. Can't rule her out. It's not linking her. Right. Can't rule her out. But they said it was a female DNA, right? It's female DNA. The prosecution says the DNA results will not exonerate her. So they're like, that's why we're moving forward, whatever. Mm -hmm. So they have a pretrial hearing in April of 2017. And the judge presiding over this dismisses the charges. No, he does not. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So he's saying that there's not enough evidence for a conviction, which maybe that's true. It's just enough to strongly point to her as a suspect. She also, he also does not think it is possible for Carol to have dragged Sarah from the car to where her body was found. This is part of it. Mm-hmm. This is where I got a good, like, good information from Carol because according to Gail, not Carol, from Gail. Gail is Sarah's to her, mom, right? Sarah's mom. Okay. She was in the courtroom during this pretrial hearing. Okay. And she's like, I was taking notes as fast as I could because, you know, clearly she can't have a recording device, all that, whatever. So she's writing a lot of stuff down. She said that the judge said if they were in a cat fight, both girls would have lots of scratches. Mm -hmm. He also stated, look at the size of the girls. Sarah, who was about 5 foot 5, about 115 pounds, and Carol was about 5 foot 6. It says 120 to 175. That's a pretty big range. I feel like you should be able to close that gap a little bit. Yeah, maybe they didn't know how much she weighed back then. I mean, that's 55 pounds. It was a long time ago. Okay. Well, anyway, whatever. He says it would have been hard for the defendant to drag the victim 40 feet. I'm sorry. You've got a 115-pound woman, possibly 120 to 175. Well, if she's 175, she could drag her. Yeah. I would say without even thinking about it. Maybe I'd have a question if she was 120, but still. I still don't. I still think. Anyway. I and like I could drag Clearly, you. I have reasons why. Yeah. Yes, you could. I mean, it might take me yes. a minute, well, but like, I've done burn. I yeah. feel like I could drag you. <laughs> right. For real. So Gail was furious that he referred to this as a cat fight. She's like, my daughter's murder has been like reduced to a cat fight. She also not said that she... a cat fight when one person is viciously stabbing you with a knife. Yeah. Judge, exactly. sir. Right. She, Gail tried to order or did order a copy of the decision and both the statements that she had written down that he said, she, he said, or she said, he said, were changed. The cat fight had become, become this, but during an extremely violent encounter, no matter who it was perpetrated, perpetrated by, there was only one scratch on the neck of Miss Coon without any true evidence as to how it got there and 22 stab wounds with a knife. Obviously, there was no evidence about any cuts on Miss Coon's hands or anything of that nature. So this was a cat fight, and they should have had scratches on them turned into that statement. In the record. In the record. That's not, that's not like legal. Court reporting record. You can't do that, right? Can you? What is the rep- – can they just do that? So she – Gail said she called to, like – inquire is it common for judges statements to be changed after the fact and the court reporter got really defensive about it oh, I and bet. wouldn't talk to her mm-hmm. i bet so 
Also, his comments on the ability of her dragging 40 feet became, and while it is said that Miss Coon was definitely bigger by recollection than Miss DeLeon from the pictures in the exhibits, it looks like I believe the body, (laughs) his statements are like out of, sorry, it doesn't seem like I could, I can read this properly. I believe the body was drug. It looked to me about 25 to 35 or 40 feet. Something of that nature. That may have been hard for a woman of Miss Coon's size to do. So it may have been anyway, the, hard. It may have been but hard. It's not impossible. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So sorry, my dog is chewing a pencil. <laughs> Can you pencil. hear that? That's not allowed. Bad dog. <laughs> bad dog. Okay. Bad judge. All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. So Jeff Cheeks, I'm sorry if that was all very confusing because I felt like his comments were confusing. Every time I read them, I'm like, this doesn't even make sense to me (laughs) how he's saying it. But I feel like sometimes you're just like dragging on and on, probably like us, and (laughs) you kind of jumble your words. But anyway, okay. So Jeff Cheeks still continues to work with the family to solve this case, and the De Leon family and the Alt family are combining efforts, like as I said earlier. At some point, Paul Holes gets involved in this case. He's the prominent forensic slash DNA guy who played a key role in identifying the Golden State Killer. Yes, he did. Yeah. So he started a show on Oxygen called The DNA of Murder. And in the first season, he did focus on Sarah DeLeon's case in one of the episodes. I watched it. It's kind of a cheesy show. But it's, it's interesting. And he takes a look at the case file and pictures for the family. They are the ones who hone in on the marks on the bumper that suggest it was a bump and rob. But let me stop here and interject some information that I got from Gail again. She said the police discounted that theory early on because they had put the car up on a lift and checked the undercarriage as well, which would have shown signs of being bumped too. Mm-hmm. And they they didn't find any. And so they believe that the marks on the bumper were from tow trucks, Straps since the car was towed from where it was initially found and then back there for photos. Hmm. So that's what they think those marks are. They don't think it was a bummer. No, I don't either. We think she knew the person. And also we know that the person who killed her was a female. Right. But I will say that initially when I was looking into this, I, I didn't rule out the bump and rob because... I thought, well, I do think it was someone she, that knew her. But in my head, I was thinking, well, maybe they did the bump because that was happening as a way of getting mm-hmm. her to pull over. Right. That, that they used possible. somebody else's strategy to get her to pull over. Yeah. Right. right. So that was my initial. But until she informed me of all that the police were like, no, I don't think that's happened. So, but Paul is basically still on that train and he is going strictly from redacted case files apparently which isn't complete so i don't think he knows maybe that they discounted that theory so he and his team assume she was hit from behind as she exited the highway and pulled over just under the underpass she must have gotten out of the car and somehow the assailants subdued her and then took her they are surmising that she may have been stabbed in the stomach once or twice Because there was a large amount of blood at the top of her jeans, which could indicate that she was standing up and the blood started to, like, run down and was caught by her jeans. Okay. 
that makes sense. And it would keep it from entering the scene, you know, like what well, wasn't inside her car and it didn't drip onto the ground. And they also were saying that she would, if that happened, she would automatically bring her hands and arms towards her wound to cover them. Mm-hmm. And that could be maybe when she was grabbed because she was like concentrating on that and not able to like fight mm-hmm. back. Okay. That's right. plausible. So, yes. It's possible she knew the assailants as she, she got out of her, the car and everyone said she wouldn't have gotten out of the car if she didn't know the people. So then they bring her to where her body was found and they drag her. Here's the thing. 20 feet. That's how the distance it was. Okay. 20 feet. The judge keeps saying 40, but it's actually 20. They bring in people to help them reenact this scene. The goal would be for Paul to bring new evidence to the FBI to cause them to reopen this mm-hmm. case. By to show re- that it could have been done. Yeah. Right. Okay. This could have it. So they cover the same size area with some dirt and have one of the women drag her all the way down where she's found. And she can easily do mm-hmm. this. I'm sure she can. Right. Which proves that Carol could have done it. However... When looking at the crime scene photos, there's no dirt on the bottom of Sarah's pant legs or on her back. So, it's all, like, on her bottom. Okay. You know, so there's none on the bottom of her and there's none on the top. It's all just on her butt. So, it seems as if that's the only part of her body that's actually dragging on the ground. Uh-huh. So, they tested the theor- this theory by having two suspects mm-hmm. carry her instead of just one. One holds her under the arms and the other by the yes. legs. But they're able to carry her the whole way without dragging any of her on the ground when they do this. Oh, okay. So then they switch. Yes. So then they switch to holding her near her wrists and ankles. And they have her off the ground for a bit, but then she starts slipping and then her bottom is being dragged hmm. on the ground. Two people. That day. Huh? Yeah. That's, so this is their theory. That day, Sarah had a bulky, like, letterman jacket on, and it could be assumed that that was causing them to slip as they were holding her wrist, like, if the jacket's, like, sliding off. Oh, my gosh, she had a letterman jacket on. Oh, I just, I picture her in my head now, clearer, Mm. plus her heart. Yeah. So, and when she was found, her, one of her arms was out of the jacket Mm. sleeve. So that kind of, like, fits with that. Mm -hmm. It does. So this reenactment would suggest two suspects. Okay. What in the world now? There are people who believe the second suspect is Jamie. Okay. Carol's friend that like helped her with some other Mm -hmm. revenge tactics. But she cooperated. She came forward. She told police. Okay. Well, okay. So I actually personally thought this was very plausible. Mm -hmm. And that would be the reason why the Dateline episode was taken down, because one of their main interviewees could possibly be a suspect. That's true. We've seen it happen. So that's my theory. But there is nothing linking Jamie. It's just theories from others. And I will say that Gail has said no one in Sarah's family believes that Jamie had anything to do with the murder. And that because she was the one that called the police and told them to look into Carol for both murders. Mm -hmm. So they don't believe she has anything to do with it. (sighs) Okay. Okay. So Paul also believes there are some pieces of evidence that could be tested for DNA that haven't been tested yet or in different ways than they were tested previously. So he's bringing that's, – that's his, like, thought process. Mm-hmm. So Gail has let us know that their private investigator also did a reenactment of the dragging of the body separate from Paul's. Okay. 
she sent me the YouTube video of it, and they they had girls about the same ages of Sarah and Carol at the time, and kind of somewhat similar weights. But the person who was dragging the other girl actually weighed less than the girl she was dragging. Okay. Which was not the case so, in I mean, Carol. Not the case. Right. So kind of would prove, well, you could do it no matter what. Yep. <laughs> if they could do mm-hmm. it. So he actually brought them to uh, a football field and did this. She was able to make it to the 50-yard line, mm-hmm. which is 120 feet. Like with no problem dragging someone bigger than her okay did you have a question well but it just it doesn't explain the dirt marks well it doesn't explain the dirt marks and that's the only thing that his reenactment for me doesn't explain Mm -hmm. because yes she could have been dragged but why doesn't she have dirt on her back if she was dragged by her feet or she's dragged by her arms why doesn't she have dirt on her pants dirt yeah so that's the only thing. That's my only issue with this reenactment is it doesn't explain if that's the case. If the dirt was only on her bottom, then what, how did that happen? So, but he's proving that somebody could be dragged much further than the 20 mm-hmm. feet. So he's proving the co- judge's comments right. wrong. And also it was mentioned that these girls, like this girl didn't even have adrenaline running. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just trying to drag a girl. Whereas Carol or whoever <laughs> probably had adrenaline running through her body and would have been much stronger at that Mm -hmm. moment. They also showed that after she dragged her, they like reenacted because they, because the dirt was kind of like in a circular pattern where the body was found. So it seemed as if it was like being, you know, dragged in a circle, like somehow for some reason in a circle. I don't know why, but it was just the way the dirt had been moved. Okay. So they even like reenacted her, like pulling one arm for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe to get her in a different position. To try, I, I don't know. I don't know why it would have been. but And so they dragged her in a circle, which would have made that pattern. And it also would have pulled the jacket off mm-hmm. of her arm. But I, I don't know why they would have done it in that mm-hmm. way. But they – so anyways, these two reenactments prove that somebody – one yes. person could have done it. But again, the dirt has a – no explanation to me. So I anyway, weird that the dirt really... was in a circle. I don't know what that's yeah. about. In Paul's reenactment, I feel like they were um, when they were trying to pick her up. It was like, oh, we're moving her, and they just kept like having to turn around. I don't remember now. Gosh, I can't remember. Hmm. <laughs> I, think I would, but anyways, it, it it is. It's a strange piece of evidence like why is it that way anyways okay but here we go in march of 2022 the fbi announced that they were going to put up eight billboards around kansas city missouri metro area looking for leads in this wow these cases they have generated new leads and are going to follow up with all of them they have also submitted evidence to for dna testing that has never been tested before so i'm hoping that was March. Yeah. So just a few months ago that at some point we can have some sort of update soon with this case that saying that they've made an arrest and that the charges will stick this time on Carol. Most people believe that it was Carol and they even have a Facebook page like the family and friends. It's multiple people that run it. That's where I got in touch with Gail. Actually, I wrote to the that page mm-hmm. and Gail is the one that answered. Thank so. you for answering, Gail. Yes. 
Um, they never use names. I've like it's like a very specific. I'm pretty sure that that, that the reason that they don't do that, but it is clear that that's their belief okay. that it was Carol based on you know, my what they belief. Say. So anyway, I think that she at have... least needs to be looked into. Like I know everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Right. And so, well, I mean, clearly she has been looked into. They just cannot right. find enough hmm. to conclusively say it was you. Mm-hmm. I think it's believed that it was her. And Gail's mom said that people, somebody knows something. People know. Yes. There are people out there that know things, and she can be intimidating. And so they're afraid to come forward, I and guess. And dangerous. Yeah. So we don't want you I mean, to be cutting our hair. No. Anyway, wow! Uh, I just want justice for both of these women and their families and how their their families have um, said that they really are just like, if we can get justice for one, at least we know that she's off, you know, so if we can just prove it for mm-hmm. one person and she's going to jail, then justice has been served. Is it possible so. that she just, so let's just say she is guilty of these murders. Which we're not saying that. Mm-hmm. We're just saying if she is. Is it possible that she stopped? She just quit being jealous? And just went and truly like got married and had a family and is like I okay now? Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I think there's there's probably more, right? I I, I that's definitely a Does she have a sure. path in her in the in between? In the 20 year, 25 right. years or whatever. Right. Well, and if she's done these two, then technically she's a serial killer. Well, now, based on the is new... It, they moved it to yeah. two. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. Yeah. But whatever. That's a different... That's a different We'll talk about um, that in September. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. It, I would say that it would be hard for me to believe that she wouldn't have done it again at or some Or at least point, not harassed when women. She did. Like, right. Maybe when she did finally find someone that loved her and married her, because it's possible that these men just would leave her. And that's why she was so, like, unhappy and jealous. I don't know who did the breaking up mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm. So when she finally found a husband that loved her and wanted to be with mm-hmm. her, she was able to be happy. I, I certainly hope so. I hope there's not even been more people that she's, like, victimized, I guess. Right. You'd think there would be a couple more unsolved cases, though, in that area. Or even just people that would come forward and be like, yeah, she totally harassed me, too, and called me and did weird stuff Mm -hmm. and threatened me. Or, you know, even if it wasn't someone else that she, like, physically hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could come forward and then it would just be more evidence mounting against her. Of the pattern. She's a vengeful person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. These families are warriors. Mm -hmm. And... Diane and Sarah would be very proud of you. And very so true. are we. And so good for you for keeping up the good fight. And we are very invested now and we're in it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you very much to Gail, Sarah's mom, for sharing her story with us. And we hope that justice is found. Whatever it looks yes. like, whether it's who we all thought yep. or didn't. Answers mm-hmm. need to be found. Yep. And I'll keep a close eye on this one. I'm also like, I follow the Justice for mm-hmm. Sarah Facebook page. So 
sure if anything pops up that's going to be posted on there for sure. So Yeah. Well, thank you for covering the case. Thank yeah. you, Kaylee, for the suggestion. Was yep. I right about that? And obviously, thank mm-hmm. you very much to Sarah's fa- mom and family and Diane. We are so sorry for your all's loss. And may they rest in peace and may justice be found. Whew. I'm staying updated. Mm-hmm. That whole second person thing's really throwing me for a loop, though. Yes, it is. In that, Sarah's yes, case. That reenact me throws me for a loop big time. Just don't know who it's, it would have yeah. been. I mean, a lot of things. If you couldn't tell the way I was, like, jumbling over my sentences, I, a lot of things throw me for a loop in this. Unsolved cases are so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Especially when you don't have correct information mm-hmm. or full information right. about stuff. I know. It makes me wonder you know, like, how the DNA is reported wrong all the time. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. And just I know I, most people who listen to us know that, but that's what we're doing. We're looking at news articles. And so, like, if you do know something personally, let us know. And we're totally willing to update. Yes, and we have. Or, Multiple yep. times in so, the past. We can only go by what we can find on the internet. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, even with this one, like with the DNA, like you said, did, what 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 DNA? Where, where did they, what was found? What it was tested? Why can't it conclusively? It just says it's a female, you know? So it's like, I want to know more. Mm-hmm. And it makes me like so confused that I don't, we don't know mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Okay. Well, let us know what you guys think. Come find us on all the things. And we appreciate you. And we'll be back next week for another story. And always come find us on social media. That's a lot of the times where you're going to see these updates that we have on cases. Sometimes they're big enough that we talk about. But a lot of times we post articles and updates and pictures. So come find us on those. And Christy will post some beautiful pictures of Sarah and Diane, I bet. So, yeah, you can interact with us. You can send us messages. We have email, all the stuff, all the things. We appreciate you. We love you. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.